Storygram Network. Hosted by Transistor.fm. Petite Sarah, a little extra. Put this all wrecked in your cerebral cortex. You want me to rap? Think I'd rather take a nap. It's a wheel. It's your feel. It's, it's a the best nightcap. Cheers. Hey guys, Sarah here. Before we get started with the show, I just want to let you know that because of the pandemic that we're all currently living in, all of the episodes going forward were recorded with Zoom, so the quality of the sound is going to be different than what you normally expect. Also, we recorded these episodes ahead of time, so what you're hearing from us doesn't reflect what's currently going on in the world. Who knows what's going on in the world by the time you hear these. Hopefully we're doing better and getting a grip on this crisis. Anyway, hope you enjoy the show. Cheers. Hi. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Petite Sarah. A little extra. There it is. Welcome. Um, where we uh-huh. just little extra nursing stories. I'm sure everyone listening has um, like dozens of these in their portfolio. It's just the nature of nursing. So let's get into it. It is true. All right. I'll think, go first. Yeah. I went first last time, so you go ahead. Okay. Here we go. Spin on the wheel. Oh, it landed on happy. Okay. I have a happy story. Um, well, it's kind of happy. It's kind of funny and it's, it's kind of sad for the person involved. Um, (laughs) so, um, you know how I like to do the rafting. Does everyone know that, does everyone know that I like to go rafting? Sarah, I thought rafting season was over and I thought we agreed not to talk about it on off season. I made no such agreement. Oh, that was my ad. No, just kidding. I love hearing about it. Um, well, this is uh, actually related to nursing too. So um, recently, not too recently, it was it was when rafting season was happening. So a few months ago, um, I got to play nurse on the river. Like I actually got to use my nursing skills while I was on a river trip. And I was so excited about that because it actually doesn't come up as often as you might think it would. And, um, I was like super stoked about it. So what happened? I'm like, and someone got injured and I got to do something and it was so fun. Isn't that great for me? Uh, (laughs) so we were on this rafting trip where one of the rapids is not safe to take people down. So we have all the people get out of the boat and walk around, uh, the rapid and they have to climb over rocks. They're kind of slippery and they have to carry their own paddles and gear and stuff. And um, then the guys take the boat down and meet you at the bottom of the rapid. Well, I was on like a friend's trip that day, so I wasn't having to guide the boat. So I was like helping the people um, on the other trips kind of walk up around, you know, the rocky area and get around. And all of a sudden I hear everyone calling for me and they're pointing at this guy and uh, I run towards him and he's holding his hand up in the air and he's got his like if I think it was his right hand, he's holding up in the air and he's got his left hand clasped around his right wrist. And I see it and there's bleeding, but it looks like it's coming from his hand. But I'm afraid because he's got his hand around his wrist that he spliced his wrist open. So basically what had happened while I wasn't, I didn't see this happen, but he was walking on the rocks and he slipped and fell. And he was a really pretty old man for this trip that we were on. And his younger family members that were on the trip with him just walked ahead of him. They didn't even see it happen. They weren't there helping him or anything. So um, 
anyway, I go and I'm walking with him and he just keeps holding on to his wrist. And when we get to a place that's a little more stable walking wise, I say, can I see your wrist? Can I see your wrist? And he just won't let go of it. And I'm like, so afraid it's going to start gushing out as soon as he removes his wrist, his hand, but he moves his hand. There's absolutely nothing under there. So he's holding pressure. It's not, it's not really helping anything anyway. I realize it's just a big slice in his, you know, the meaty part below your thumb and it's bleeding pretty good. And he won't put pressure over that part to stop the bleeding. And I keep trying to explain, move your hand to that area and he won't do it. So um, I have one of those little, you know, buffs on that people wear while they're skiing and you can use it as a headband. And I end up taking that off and just wrapping it around his hand just to like try and stop the bleeding. And I like make it really tight until we can get to the bottom of the, um, rapid where we can get to the medical kit and everything. Anyway, meanwhile, his friends and family realize what are what's going on. And I'm trying to tell them, Hey, can you stay with us? Like take his paddle, help us, you know, walk with him. He fell. And they're like, Oh yeah, ha 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 ha. He's okay. They weren't taking it seriously at all. And then someone from another boat where they were like yelling at the guy, they're like, that's your dad you need to like walk with him. He's injured, which I thought was pretty <laughs> awesome because <laughs> I didn't want to yell at him. Anyway, we get to the bottom, we get our medical kit and now I have everything I need. I can clean it up really well and put some Steri strips on there, which is really all that it needed. But he just like did not trust me at all for some reason. And I kept telling him I'm a nurse too, actually. Like, a I'm, woman, Sarah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was <laughs> because like I kept telling him, I'm a nurse, you know, I love wounds. This is like, I, you know, let me take care of this. This is all it needs, you know, and he wasn't listening to me. And then one of the other raft guides, who's a male who has some first aid training, but is not an actual nurse comes along, says the same thing that I did. And now the guy's willing to go along with it anyway, F this guy, but I did get to put <laughs> some stereo strips on, wrapped his hand up really well. And then uh, we continued on the trip. He didn't have to be evacuated out, which is what I think. I think he was thinking he needed for a little gash in his hand. I think he was expecting a medical evacuation. Or oh, man, what a baby, man. Yeah. But I was stoked and I was like, this is the perfect opportunity for me to combine all my skills. Really? <laughs> I'm actually in like, I've only been a nurse for over a little over four years, but I have had like come across probably four, five different medical emergencies out in regular life. Really? Yeah. I hate it. It never happens to me. Like I hardly ever see a true medical emergency out in the world. I've been first on scene to two major car accidents. Whoa, really? Yeah. And I've uh, seen an old lady, really old lady fall and hit her like temple area on the curb. And then another like, I don't know, maybe late fifties, early sixties woman fall. And she just got pretty scraped up. Um, and then one other one, but I can't remember right now. Oh, well, should I tell this? Have I told the story about my flight back from Greece? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, let me, I have to write down the other story I was going to tell. Cause this one's a doozy. <laughs> and it, okay. You, you make your note. It's funny that you say you've experienced um, so many medical emergencies out in the world. I feel like some people, it's like they, I don't know, I'm not accusing you of attracting it to yourself, but it just happens to some people more than others. There's a nurse I used to work with, and it was like 
every month I feel like something was happening. Like, oh yeah, I was at a bar and some guy passed out and he was actually having rapid AFib or I was, you know, at this, like she witnessed a car accident too. And anyway, I was almost a little jealous. Like, no, uh, it, it is awful because you have no tools at your disposal, but all the responsibility. That's a good point. Okay. So my story I'm not even going to deal with the wheel because this has everything. Screw the wheel. (laughs) Okay. So last August, a little over a year ago, I took my mom to Greece for a wonderful trip. Made a great time. But hang on. It got cut out a little bit. You said you took what? I took my mom to Greece for a wonderful trip. Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah. It was, it was great. And Um, however, I planned it so that I would fly home and land at like, I don't know, nine 30 in the morning on say a Tuesday. And I worked Tuesday night. Oh, okay. (laughs) So a little risky, you know, but that's how I planned it. And so I was determined to get decent sleep on the flight home. Um, so determined in fact that I took, um, I'm going to run down like least invasive to most invasive. I had (laughs) mask. I had lavender oil. I took melatonin. I'm pretty sure I took a Benadryl. And I think I ended up taking like either a Valium or a Xanax. I can't really exactly recall because I did all that. And then my mom's the most friendly human being on earth. And she made like deep, uh, emotional bonds with our flight attendant. I think they still keep in touch via email and the flight attendant ended up giving us throughout like the first two hours of our flight, four free mini bottles of wine. And I'm like, my mom is a lightweight, so she can't like red wine for her. is like drinking shots of vodka. So I was like, I'll (laughs) drink the red wine. You can have the white wine that this kind flight attendant is pretty much drugging me with at this point. So, you know, not my proudest moment, definitely not something I'd recommend to anybody, but I did drink too many bottles of red wine. And (laughs) in addition to all my pharmaceuticals and homeopathic remedies to help me sleep on this plane, which for me to sleep on a plane is it's an uphill battle. I don't, I've been on like 14 hour flights and I might take a 20 minute nap. It's just not in my nature. So anyways, I'm all snuggled in, like pretty much buzzed and drugged out of my mind. And I have this like lucid dream as I'm trying to fall asleep about like, well, if somebody coded on this plane, like what, what is my plan? What is my game plan? And I was like, oh, I'll drag them to the floor. I'll start compressions. I'll, you know, like delegate, blah, blah, blah. And I'm having this like, very lucid dreamlike state where I'm thinking about this. And in the middle of this lucid dream, I hear, uh, have your attention, everybody. We're having a medical emergency on this flight. If there's any medical personnel aboard, please report to your nearest flight attendant. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) super lucid. (laughs) That sounded just like a normal Uh, like in-flight announcement. And I'm like, snuggle back further in my seat. And my mom, who is like the most adorable, enthusiastic person, and she's uh, LVN herself. And so the fact that I'm a nurse is just like the coolest thing in the world to her. 
she jumps over on my shoulder and she's like, Desi, Desi, oh my God, this is your moment. This is your moment. And it's like shaking me awake. And she's like, you have to go talk to a flight attendant. This is your moment. This is your moment. (laughs) And I like drearily wake up. I push my sleep mask up to my forehead. I'm in fuzzy socks and like sweatpants. And I'm like, what? And she's like, you have to go. There's a medical emergency. Go. And I'm like, oh, so not really in the best judgment. I stumble out of my seat straight into the chest of the flight attendant who was walking by. And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, oh, Helen knows the owner. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I'm a nurse. What's going on? She's like, please come with me. And so I quite literally stumble grasping onto the aisle chairs on either side of me up the aisle, up to first class. And there's this woman whom her son can't wake her up. And in my drugged, drunk state, like I am acting as I am thinking. So my first thought is sternal rub. So with my full body weight, I sternal rub this frail, tiny woman. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would do. Yeah. And she wakes up and is drowsy and dreary. And I'm just like trying to check her pulse. I'm like, do trying to formulate the words, do you guys have a blood pressure cuff on this flight? And um, like, I'm trying to get that expressed to the um, flight attendant while taking the person's pulse, trying to like wake the patient up enough to ask her questions, asking her, did she take anything? Are you know, are you diabetic? Um, and I think one other question, like, do you know where you are right now? Did you take anything? Are you diabetic? I think for the three questions I asked and she was diabetic and was essentially in the exact same situation I was, which is over medicated and slightly (laughs) was, except she had pretty um, fragile diabetes and her blood pressure. I'm sorry. Her blood sugar had tanked out and a little too much. um, uh, What's it called? Lorazepam. Yes. <laughs> so I, it was like, that was the situation. By the time I, you know, extracted all that information, they would bring the blood pressure cuff around. I was telling like them to get me some juice. I need some juice for her. And, um, this guy came up and he was like, yeah, hello, I'm a doctor. And in most cases, I'm pretty like, proud to be a nurse. And I would have said like, Oh, what kind of doctor are you? But in this case, given the fact that I was terrified and so not in the right frame of mind to be handling such a situation, I just stood up, slapped him on the back and was like, she's all yours and walked back to my seat. (laughs) (laughs) It was the single most, I think, disgraceful and heroic moment of my life. (laughs) Oh, here I go. It's all right. I'm cutting. I'm coming. Uh, I mean, I literally did all this with a a sleep mask and fuzzy socks, a sleep mask on my forehead and fuzzy socks on my feet. (laughs) Oh my God. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I'm very lucky that she wasn't in more serious condition. 
It's uh, it's funny. One time I was on a plane and they asked for medical professionals and I went back to see the patient and someone else, a nurse practitioner that I had worked with recently also was on the same flight and went back and I was like, oh, hey, oh, she's better. That's awesome. She can do this. <laughs> wow. What a coincidence. What I know. A, it was so like, weird. I know. You're like, oh, I don't have to do this. It's awful to make those decisions or judgment calls without any, like, we're so dependent, I realize, on numbers and lab values. Yeah. I actually, just because of that, I because this is like the fifth, I guess, emergency I've run across in the outside world, I just ordered on Amazon a new blood pressure cuff and pulse oximeter so I can have those in my car. Oh, yeah. I put those in my um, uh, medical kit that I take on the river now a pulse ox, blood pressure cuff, and stethoscope, and a lot of other things that probably I shouldn't have, but like, they're good for the river. Yeah. Anyways, so that's, that's my story, guys. If you have criticism or judgment to tell me about that situation, please don't get in touch with us. If you have stories <laughs> or other funny stories, please get in touch with us at www.nurses at gmail.com or reach us through social media at whiningwnurses or um, on Instagram at whiningwithnurses. We would love to hear from you. And in the meantime, have a glass of wine and cheers. Cheers. Cheers.